Town Hall Academy, episode 84. It's worked out really well. The guys love it. Um, you know, they all have money to buy tools. They get the tools they need when they need them and they get to keep them. That's just my plan for them. It's a great tech incentive and uh, keeps my techs wanting to work for me. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, hello, and nice to have your presence on this Town Hall Academy Summit as we talk details on buying technician tools. Welcome to the only weekly forum for aftermarket professionals that tackles a trending topic each week. This is episode 84, and joining me is Keith Williamson, Andy Bizzab, and Seth Thorson. Carm Capriato here, thanking Jasper Engines and Transmissions for their support of the Academy. Here's another reason to choose Jasper. It's their commitment to continuous improvement. Their investment in research and development, product updates, and remanufacturing processes means Jasper provides the perfect product. Hey, did you know that you can earn elective credits from AMI on select Town Hall Academy episodes? Find everything you need to know at remarkableresults.biz slash AMI. There are many ways to subscribe to the podcast, up to and including my own app, Available for Android and Apple. Just search for Remarkable Results Radio in your app store. It's a great app to listen to this podcast, and it's free. You'll like how it works. Hey, don't forget my guests' bios, links to their previous episodes, and their key talking points for today's episode are found at RemarkableResults.biz slash A084. Hey, we're talking buying technicians' tools, the how. With me is Keith Williamson, owner of Williamson's Repair and Tire in Bondurant, Iowa, Andy Bizzab, shop owner of Porsche Specialist Midwest Performance Cars, LLC. And Seth Thorson, shop owner, Eurotech, New Brighton, Minnesota, a Euro specialist and owner of BMW tech support company, LMV Bavarian. Seth was also with me in episode 340 when he shared why he created a $25,000 scholarship endowment for his local automotive college. We also discussed this topic on Technician Tools in Academy Episode 36 from October 2017. I have links to these episodes in the show notes page at remarkableresults.biz slash A084. Now, a great discussion on why changing the paradigm on technician tool investment is something you need to be thinking about and even doing. A ton of great ideas and insights coming right at you. So, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this tool thing. How do I start? So, Andy, uh, you still believe uh, that there's a benefit in doing this? Huge benefit. It's a it really, it's a great retention benefit as well as a great recruiting tool. Um, you know, I have a couple of guys who are in their early 20s and they just don't have the resources. I'm, I'm in the middle of Chicago in the, what, you know, termed inner city these kids just don't have the resources to go out and buy their own tools, but they're very talented. They're, uh, they're very intelligent and they're, they're hungry. They come to work and they want to learn. Uh, they want, they love going to training. Uh, it's a huge perk for them. They, they view it as a huge perk and, uh, to, to be able to provide some kind of a, a way for them to equip themselves uh, just as a starting guy to do oil changes, uh, start to do alignment, send new alignment training, and he has the tools to be your alignment guy. So it, it works out. It can work. If you do it correctly, it works out great for the shop and it works out great for the individual. 
and you can grow together. So it, it's 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 a it's a win 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 uh, is why I like to call it. What are you doing, Keith, um, to uh, get on board with this whole campaign of supporting the tool program? Well, Carm, I have uh, I have several different situations I'm offering my technicians. Um, I've got a new technician program for any starting technician where I buy the tools that they use to go to school. Um, after they've completed school, the tools are theirs to keep. It's a starter, basic starter set from Snap-on. Um, and then I've also, along with that, I offer to pay back their schooling over a four-year period after they've worked for me for four years. Um, and then my, in doing that, I thought, I need to come up with a plan for my current technicians. You know, I can't just leave them out either. They've already got tools. How do I, how do I help them out as well? So I came up with a no comeback uh, plan. I give them $50 a week if they have no comebacks and part related comebacks are not included because that's on me and what I choose to put on the car. Right. So um, it's worked out really well. The guys love it. Um, They all, you know, they all have money to buy tools. They get the tools they need when they need them and they get to keep them. You know, that's just, that's just my plan for them. It's a great uh, tech incentive and uh, um, keeps my techs wanting to work for me. I'd like to dig into that a little later, but I really would love to bring up Seth. He just brought something up. You know, you're, you're involved with education. You've, you've made a commitment to an endowment. And Keith says a starter set. It starts in high school, it goes to college, then we need to pull them, retain them, benefits and pay and, and training. And Keith, I think you just, you know, if there, was a, if there was an opportunity to start figuring out how to buy and pay for the tools, it's to catch them when they start school. Exactly. Um, yeah, we, I mean, I, I agree. We do the same type of thing. I have a, um, our apprentice get a toolkit. And that toolkit's the shop toolkit, and they use it, and we have it. Uh, we bought the Hazette one because we're a German shop, and it's a German tool, and it has foam inserts for everything. So every single tool has a place, and it gets inventoried every single night to find out what's missing. So that also helps teach the young techs to put their tools back, to use things effectively. So the organization of that set is what we prefer. Um, and then the tech slowly buys his own tools is what we do, but we provide toolboxes for all techs. So we have built-in toolboxes across the whole shop. Um, every tech is provide a box, and they provide their tools, but they're basic hand tools. We provide anything else, scopes. We provide all specialty tools. Uh, we ask the techs provide basic hand tools, but our young trainees are provided with tools. And they can slowly buy tools. And we do help our young guys kind of, as, as Keith mentioned, buy tools. Um, but we just keep recycling our set because our set has complete organization. And it's really easy to train the young guys that, hey, you don't get to go home until you find that 10 millimeter that everybody knows disappears. Boxes, you have them just because they look uniform in the shop? They look uniform in the shop. It's a big attraction right now. All the dealerships, all your competitors, all the dealerships are going to built-in boxes. So that means the technician that you may want to hire from another shop or another dealer, they don't have a toolbox. So a barrier to coming to your place in employment is the fact that they now probably have to go buy a, what's a snap-on box, five ten thousand $10,000 for an acceptable box from something that they're used to using at the dealer. It's a barrier to getting people to come to your shop as an independent to come to your facility, um, toolboxes are a big barrier. So we just take that all away. We also take away the 
the um, Keith brought up a good point about the the toolbox envy, or you know that happens even at dealers. Everybody, somebody sees a big box next to them, and they're going in debt to buy a big box. Um, everything's uniform. Nobody has a better toolbox than the other. Uh, we provide the box, and then we provide a hutch over the top. Uh, we provide keys. They can lock their own box individually, and then you know the ownership retains a key to to the boxes. Is how we have it set up. I love that idea about having an apprentice box for your new guy that comes in and it's owned by the shop. And then he, he builds up his own tools as, as he's working. That's a great idea. It, it allows him to get in right away and work. And I know it has everything he needs for the tasks that we're going to assign him. Right. Um, and then he can buy, he can buy tools. He's bought, he's bought tools through our program. Some similar to Keith that we allow some purchase of tools and he's bought some of his own tools that he's wanted. And, and that's fine. Um, and then we're building him his new, we're building, we're in the process of building him his new bench and toolbox because he's starting to buy enough tools where he need now needs his own box. So he's super excited that he's getting his hutch built. He's getting his box built where we're in the process of building him out uh, a new box. That's great. Awesome. Is this trending as you talk to your networks? I see it trending some, especially on the high-end euros because almost every BMW dealer right now um, and Mercedes dealers providing boxes for techs. So it's a big issue for, I'm sure Andy would agree. Um, Keith, I'm not sure how many Euro cards you do, but um, the, the Euro market, those guys don't have boxes anymore. And it's a big barrier to us being able to attract that that tech that may have been at a dealer. Yeah, that's it, it, it is for sure. I mean, we, we buy all of our, scan, the shop buys all the scan tools, all the diag tools, and Seth, as you know, for all for all these Euro Euro models, that can that can add up. Um, it's funny though because you can t- I it's there's so many cultural differences between shops and what works for one and works differently for another. Our guys all own their own boxes. Um, they have a huge uh, source of pride in their own boxes and what they've put together. Um, we just help them fill those boxes, uh, but they really do. They really get into the look of having their own stuff and and whatnot. So, um, and that may change as guys. The thing is, as as the as we trend low uh, in younger and younger in age. Although I will say that my oldest guy is forty three, and I have three techs that are in their twenties. So, um, uh, for us, at least for us, and in our region, uh, owning their own boxes is still kind of the way to go. But you know what? In this business, you've got to be ready to evolve and change with the business. So I, this is one of the reasons why I love participating in stuff like this because just hearing that from Seth, that's an idea I'm gonna I'm gonna put in you know on my list and uh, potentially do. We've been well, using we've been using the our service manager is an ex uh, Ben's Tech, so we've been using his box as kind of the apprentice box. But it would be nice to just have a shop owned box. I, I will I will say that our guys. I had two guys that were the older that had the big $10,000 boxes, Andy, and they were in the same situation. Yeah. And um, I offer storage of their boxes mm-hmm. while they work for me to go into our boxes to create the same uniform look and same uniform issues yeah. for our new guys. Um, but I also had one guy that he loves working here. He had a big $10,000 box. He said, you know what? I'm going to sell it. He sold his box and painted his car with it, his project car that he wanted to paint. <laughs> That's so great. He no longer has a box. Yeah. Awesome. So, I mean, I think- it, it can be done. They will sell them. And if you get them on board with how it looks 
and you can then get them, you know, you can offer storage of their box if you want. It doesn't cost that much to rent a storage facility, sure, but it does alleviate some of the issues. Cause I had a young guy that wasn't buying enough tools to do his job. He was not productive. Mm-hmm. I bought boxes and said, Hey, you no longer have to worry about a box. He was so worried about his toolbox. Like yeah. I'll take care of your box. We'll build all boxes. And he's bought a lot more tools. Pro- productivity's come up another five or 10% over the last six or eight months with that. Yeah. That's a great idea. It, you know, it was funny because one of the things that this was years ago that got me thinking about the whole tool situation was I hated the sound of the tool guy walking up to my guys on the day when he came to our shop and saying, how much you want me to put on your card this week? And I, I just, God, I don't want my guys going into debt. I don't want them charging tools on their credit cards. And I really don't want them paying interest on their tool purchases. So if I can buy their tools for them and give them an interest-free, you know, is, it, we'll, figure out, we'll figure out the timeline for you to, for you to pay back your tool purchase. Um, I'm, I'm all, I mean, that just makes a heck of a lot of sense. Seth, to, to answer your previous comment, um, I'm not into the Euro. I'm into hybrid and, and general repair, um, general, you know, like uh, American mm-hmm. import, you know, Japanese imports, things like that is, is what are our focus is. And uh, yeah, so we don't have that issue with guys coming from the dealerships that don't have boxes. I like, I love your starter tool set idea. Um, I've got I was a tech myself, so I have my box. I leave it here, and that's what my new apprentices work out of here while they're in school. So, But I do love that idea. Yeah, Hazette makes a really – I use the Hazette one because I like it because it's got the foam inserts, and it's super easy every night. Open the drawers, and it's like, hey, this is missing. This Everything has a spot. They have all these foam inserts. Um, the other thing I will mention, if you're doing hybrids and stuff like that, uh, Lexus is on a huge push for built-in boxes now. So if you're attracting Lexus okay. techs, Every dealer, every Lexus dealer is pushing big now. It's all built in list of boxes. Okay. So just as a heads up. (laughs) Thank you. Good to know. Yeah, it does good to know. Hey, I'm with Brian Weeks from ATC Auto Center. Brian, why Jasper engines and transmissions? So I think Jasper, the reason why we uh, chose to deal primarily with Jasper is uh, the quality of the product and the people. I know that it is a uh, associate-owned company, but it's more about the people. They do what they do uh, in this industry that is tough and they stay on top of the cutting edge engineering, changing and maybe developing ways around uh, known problems and issues. So they're adding value. They're making things better. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, They're taking a situation that you may have a common failure with and going in, taking it apart, going through the engineering, the R&D department saying, okay, how can we make this better? And then from that standpoint, it comes to us that at the end of the day, the end user gets much more value for the dollar that they spend. Hey, Brian, thanks for your time. Carm, thank you. Good chatter, gentlemen. Andy, you just brought up uh, the pain that you have when the tool guy says, how much can I put on your card? And the first thing that I thought about is that there's an interest charge from the tool truck. And if they don't pay the card, there's an interest charge there. I mean, you're probably talking 30%. I don't know. I mean, an outrageous number. And, yeah. and and so as shop owners are listening to this and, and techs, um, that to me would be one hell of a benefit for retention and, and just the 
true culture of the business, knowing you want the you. I, I guess of uh, every Friday, the tool truck guy comes here. It's like, oh my god. You know, yeah. I only gave him 20 bucks last week, and I know he's going to look at me weird. I got to give him 50. And oh, by the way, my son's birthday is Sunday. Right. And it's good for everybody all around because they'll end up buying more tools. So the tool truck guy is not going to lose out. Usually, I mean, I don't know how it is around your guys, but if they buy something off his truck, it's interest-free. If they buy something that he has to order, then it's, there's interest on it, right? But yeah. this way... You know, we've got the we've got the wherewithal to buy these tools up front, get the guy working with that tool tomorrow or today if it's on the truck, and then and we'll we'll get the the financial part of it paid back over time. That's fine, but let's just let's get the tool into production. Let's get the keep the guy productive, and uh, and everybody's better off. And the customer cars get fixed quicker, and, and they're out the door quicker. I found that the tool the tool guys themselves, the tool trucks, love it because now I'm paying them, so they don't have to worry about getting their money every month. You know, yeah. you got that. They know you're getting it. Yeah, they know they're getting. It, so. <laughs> and I love walking through the tool truck myself. I'd rather walk through <laughs> myself than than my yeah. tanks. <laughs> you have a chance to hide for a little while. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like a in a kid in Candyland. I bet know? you are. Are you still a, a kid in Candyland, Keith? Uh, Seth, when it comes to tool trucks. Oh, I, oh, yeah, I buy tools. <laughs> I mean, something something new comes out that could help the techs. I buy it in a heartbeat. My techs have more stuff in back than. I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm the same exact way. I've got every tool known to man, just about. And and if we don't have it, I get it. You know, if the techs find something they need, I get it. So one of the key talking points in the episode that we did, um, and it was, uh, I've got too much, too many notes here, episode 340 of the town, no, it was episode 36 of the Town Hall Academy, was uh, that this was an outdated old tradition. And what I'm hearing from you, uh, and, and I guess the encouragement is, is as we hire our youth that needs to enter our shops and we need to grow and groom them, that you will look, you're looking at their, their, at the acquisition of tools. They, they could go, you're, you're saying, I want to provide a box uh, of specialty tools. We're, we're going to buy all the crazy stuff that we need. Cause, but everybody doesn't need one tool to do a special BMW timing belt in, in five toolboxes, right, Seth? You just need one. And, and based on that, and, and as I said earlier, is this trending? Is this something that the entire industry needs to just stop and say, okay, I'm doing this because I need to bring in the graduates from post-secondary and I have to have a completely different way to train, to teach, to, you know, to bring that person in? Is This needs to be happening? I, I I think this is what needs to happen. I mean, it's it's bringing in the starter box. It's I mean, there is a cost to enter anything you do. I mean, if you're going to go be a, a lawyer, you're going to need five really high end suits. There has to be a basic buy in from the employee to some degree. Um, but my buy in for them is let's buy basic hand tools. You're going to need a set of wrenches. You're going to need a set of sockets. You know, you're going to need some e torques on German cars. I mean. We, my shop foreman has even gone through a list and put together 10 most common lists for our new technicians that they can know what they need to buy. But again, we provide all of that and the technicians pay cash as they go. So they're not in debt, like Andy said, that I just buy things as they go. I tell my guys, it takes you two years to get a set to get out of our starter set. That's fine. You know, use that set because we're going to keep replacing and fixing that set up. 
and it's a and as our apprentices i'm not sure all your shops are but as our apprentices they generally move around from tech to tech all over the shop so the the hazette set i buy is easily rollable around the shop it has a stainless steel little worktop but it's easy to get around the shop so they can work with every single tech in the shop and help them out. And they're much more mobile with the set that we recommend them start with. Andy, you were talking about, uh, I help them. I help them. I'd like to know how you help them. Well, you know, when you, when you help your, your techs, when you help any of your people in your business, you're ultimately helping yourself. Uh, if, if you, the, the more, the more, if they're not worried about paying for paying back their tools or those interest charges, they can be concentrated more on their job. So if you've got, if you've got your place staffed the correct way, um, helping your staff is ultimately helping your business. So I'm always looking for ways that we can do that. And I mean, one, like one of the things that we did, um, part of our, when we give a holiday bonus uh, towards the end of the year to everybody, uh, for the technicians, we'll carve out a little piece of that and make it a tool certificate. So we'll say, you know, here, here's the bonus and, you know, maybe 300 to $500 of that bonus is going to be, here's in a tool certificate to spend all year, you know, anytime during the year on whatever you want. And so they, they get that certificate and then they, when they want to buy something, they talk to the bookkeeper and then she takes it off the value of that certificate. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of, I will admit as a shop owner, it's a little bit self-serving because I'm, I'm kind of uh, uh, denoting a part of their bonus to go back into their tools. But you know what? We all need some self-discipline once in a while. And if I can have them, and plus they're also getting other money as the bonus, but if I can have direct some of that back into them improving themselves on the job and everything, it just goes, it works for everybody all around better. Keith, uh, Seth, do you have any kind of tool, bonus, incentive, carrot? Um, not really an incentive carrot. I mean, my shop foreman has a uh, tool budget. So I have a shop foreman and he has a tool budget. And so a lot of the guys will go to him and say, hey, we need this, we need this, we need this. And it's kind of up to him to budget and plan shop purchases of, of tools. So, I mean, most of our guys are, I, I hate to say our tool truck comes along and nobody buys anything, but we have three or four tool guys that don't even stop by anymore because once our guys have the basic hand tools, everything else we're buying is specialty tools. And then they're only, the only thing the tool guy gets when he comes by anymore is warranty stuff. So <laughs> the poor tool guys don't like coming by. I guess they will boycott this show. <laughs> 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 Andy, you said you have some kind of exchange for labor hours. How right. does that work? So um, let's say a guy guy wants to buy a $500 tool and we, we will, we'll buy the tool for him up front. And kind of like, uh, uh, like Seth was saying, um, we do want guys to be invested in their – we want them to have skin in the game. So I'm not going to buy the tool and give it to them and say, hey, it's yours. We'll buy the tool up front and over time – um, like say, say he, he flags 40 hours in a week. Um, he'll go to the bookkeeper and he'll say, Hey, you know what? Take off two of those hours and put it against my $500 tool. And then that way we can just, we can do that exchange where he's not paying me cash out of his pocket. Right. So it saves him, it saves him money. He actually gets to buy his tools without paying like income tax on that money. 
And it's just, it's just a nice arrangement between the shop and between him. And it's, it's, it's by mutual agreement. It's how much do you want to pay every week? Right. Um, you know, I've had, I've, I've to- told a couple of people about the, about this and they're like, Oh man, you ought to check with your accountant. I've talked to my accountant, my CPA, he said, we're fine. You know, so, um, ch- talk to your accountant or wh- whoever, whoever manages your books or your taxes about it. But it's a nice, it's a nice little way for these guys to be able to get their tools and it doesn't cost them as much money. And it's, again, it's good for the shop. It's good for the, for the, for the employee. And ultimately it's a good for the customer cars. So. Thank you, Keith. You said you had a comeback incentive. Um, would you mind going on record to tell us uh, exactly how that works? Yeah. So what I do with it is if my guys have no comebacks for the week, they get a $50 tool allowance. And I pay that directly to the tool truck or whatever vendor, you know, it, it could be Amazon, it could be wherever they, wherever they find they want something. Um, they tell me where to make the checkout to, and I, and I write it to that. And like Andy said, I've, I've gone to my accountant to make sure this is okay. And he said, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm buying a tool for the shop and then I choose to give it to the employee. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a gray area, but it, you know, he's okay with it. So um, it saves them tax money and, and uh, they get the full 50 bucks, not just $35 of it or whatever the case might be. It's 50 bucks. Yep. Hey, I love where this is going. And I think there's been a lot of great ideas shared, but my biggest takeaway, me, is the is the school piece, and uh, I think you've all talked about bringing on an apprentice. And I want to just dig in a little deeper, Seth. If you were working with a community college, uh, an automotive program, and you were looking for an apprentice, it seems to me that you may be high on the list of a new intern, for example, and or an apprentice or a graduate because you've already worked with one of the students in freshman year in providing a set of tools. How unique. We're not doing enough of this as independents in the U.S., in North America. Can we, can we talk about that? Is this, is, this a, is this something we need to hammer home? I think we do. I mean, I've, my shop foreman started out right out of tech school with me and I've grown a lot of my own techs. I've had some leave, but a majority of my techs are, are what we call homegrown. Um, in doing so, we also create a culture of training and a culture of helping each other. So the culture in our shop is somebody needs help. Everybody in my shop drops everything to help them. Yep. It's not the competitive nature that I've seen at other shops or been a part of in my career of working. So we've created a whole change in how we how we think and how we do things just because of that's how they were raised through our program. Um, and that's that's been beneficial. But yes, I mean, our our my community college that I did the scholarship with that I'm on the advisory board with that I help with. Um, yes, if they have a really good student, a really all star student. Yes, I get a phone call every time. Hey, do you have an opening? And so, yes, do I cherry pick the best students out of my college? You bet I do. Bing, 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 <laughs> bing, bing, bing. There, there, there's the soundbite. And, and the reason you cherry pick them is because they know uh, you're the go-to guy, that you, you've got a program, that you, you, you want to provide tools, that you, they don't need to buy the specialty tools to come to work for you. You have a culture of training. You have a culture of team I know we're dropping all these very important things, but as we look in the Town Hall Academy to change how we do business as independents and and, and how many of our, our 
God, think about all of our young shop owners out there that are figuring, you know, how do I have to do this? No matter if I had to buy my own and uh, the guys I'm going to hire, they're going to have to do the same thing. We've got to break those paradigms and those thinks. So, Keith, your your opinion of working close with the college and, and, and doing all of these critical tool things. I think that it's imperative. Um, you get a good re- working relationship with the college and the instructors at the college they're going to send you some good people. I had one of the college professors call me just the other day, and I've got an interview scheduled for Monday of a new kid that's that's been in the program for about six months now, and he doesn't have a place to go. I mean, he doesn't have a shop to work at, and he's a great tech. He's going to be a great tech. So they do think of you first. If you offer these kind of things and you're working with the school closely, um, why wouldn't they look at you? I mean, it's everybody should be on board with this. What Seth was saying, you know, the word gets out in the industry without you even having to put it out. So clearly Seth in his region and probably around the country has a reputation for what he does, the kind of shop he runs in and the culture in a shop. And that starts attracting people to, you know, looking and saying, Hey, that's a place I'd like to work at. Uh, we've actually just happened to get some out of town people contacting us who are moving to the Chicago area and saying, asking if we have any openings, which is, you know, it took, it took years. I mean, it took a few years to get that kind of, it's, it permeates your culture permeates and spreads outside of just your immediate area. So it does go through the industry. And the other thing is when uh, Carmen, what you said about breaking that, those paradigms, you know, you got to think about, um, I did it this way, so these young guys are going to have to do it the same way. Well, you know what? When I was a kid, I, when, I, when I was young, I bought my first new car for like 13 grand. We can't go buy a car for 13 grand anymore, you know? So a lot of things have changed since we were in our 20s. And we can't expect these, these people who are in their 20s to come out and do things exactly the same way that we did it. You know, there's a lot of things that they're doing better than we did when we were in our 20s. So we have to allow for that. So I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm always looking at whatever kind of progressive and um, innovative way to, you know, kind of move, move industry practices forward and come up with newer and better ideas of how to do things. And I mean, what we're talking about right here, this, this is it. Uh, we've got a comment from James Presley, who's going to be on a panel with me in about three weeks uh, out at uh, ASTE about uh, a link for the fact that ASE and... Um, uh, there's there's some links education resources for tools so they get 50 percent off their tools when they're in school yeah yeah is, and, is what uh, the programs are. you know yep. in a lot of schools they they've, they've got beautiful little uh, kits that are there that are in their labs but your seth what you're talking about is a private set of tools that they won't wouldn't even have at the college is that what you're saying or are you saying they 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 do their thing in school and when they come to work for you or apprentice with you that's when you buy yeah, so a lot of the schools, some of the schools force the kids to buy tools to even enroll into the college. So they're, they're, they have a starter set. A lot of the kids I'm hiring are still in school, and they're not going to haul those tool kits back and forth. Um, but we still provide that kit. And even then, the kit and what the school recommends may not be what we need in, in the German specialty. Um, they're not going to have ETOR sockets. They're not going to have a 14 millimeter Allen. So our basic apprentice kit has everything that that student needs to fix the cars that we're asking him to fix when he starts out. And that's going to be different for Keith. I, I, you know, 
he's going to need some different tools in his starter kit for his apprentice than I will need. So that's a shop by shop basis. You know what you work on. You know, if you're a, a heavy duty truck shop, then you're going to need some big, big sockets to pull axle nuts off. And so whatever shop you are, you're going to know what basic hand tools that tech is going to need and put together a kit. Um, yes, they're going to bring in some of their own tools and, and we're going to put those in their own box for them. And that's fine, but they're still going to use our, our starter kit. And I still encourage the first couple weeks of employment minimum to use our starter kit more like a month or two because I can track everything that's lost, everything that's put away. It also teaches them to take care of their tools. Um, they're a little more likely to take care of mine because we go through and check it every night. But it does teach them to put things away. It saves them money over the long haul. Great points, guys. I, I want to give you all a, a final uh, opportunity to, you know, to state to the industry why this is so important. Uh, we had some uh, interesting chatter in the in the Zoom chat. Uh, Ali, uh, Ali Gelfeld mentioned that, you know, Briar County uh, down in Florida is all locked up by the dealerships. And and that's true in, in many, many of the colleges. I mean, the, 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 the colleges are bringing if you will, that dealership churn of technicians into the dealerships, especially the mega dealerships that own 20, 20 brands, 20 dealerships, they're needing people all the time. And I'm on this really big push to have, make sure the independent really gets involved with their local community colleges and, and, and high schools. Point is, uh, if we don't start today, um, we, we'll never have a voice. And, and I think that's so critical and so important. I really do. Hey, at Jasper Engines and Transmissions, quality and customer service is their number one goal. Their associates take pride in their work, and it shows in the quality drivetrain products they produce. Their quality and customer service has kept them growing for 76 years. Thank you, Jasper. Um, you know, we could go on for another hour, but I think we got the essence of this knocked down. I Hopefully, we have, we're have we going to change some paradigms, as, as we said, Andy. And let's just go around the room. I'll do Andy, Keith, and Seth. I'll give you the last word. Andy, tell, uh, you know, tell, tell the world why this is, is important. Well, just this comment in the in the chat about um, the vocational schools, the dealerships locking up all these graduates. Absolutely, we don't we don't get anybody from the vocational schools because the the dealerships do grab them all. We tend to get them kind of luckily after the smart ones burn out at the dealerships, and then they see that there's there's another life in this business. You don't have to be in on the the hamster wheel at the dealership. So it's really important for us independents to put this human face and these kind of innovative programs out there and let, let the world, including technicians know that this exists and that we can offer these kind of really kind of personal personalized benefits that can drive their career forward a lot faster, a lot more beneficial to them. Um, and, and they're not in this grind of this corporate dealership world. So this is, this is only additive to, what we can we can do in in this industry thank you so much uh, great points keith i'm going to comment on that same topic um in my community college we have the same mm-hmm. issue you know the gm dealers have the asap program and they're grabbing all the students for that however i'm starting to see a shift where you know by working with these instructors uh they get to know you they get to know what you offer how you treat your employees you know, the, the dealership world, they're strictly straight on flat rate. You know, it's still around here. I don't know where where they are for the rest of you. 
However, you know, they see the, the downfalls to that and they know that we're taking care of our employees. We're offering training. We got a great culture. You know, they're part of a team here. Um, we mandate training. I mean, I think that they're starting to see that and they're sending people to us. So I think it's all about, you have to form a relationship with them instructors. You have to, to go and offer your services for other things beyond their advisory councils. Um, go over when I do NATEF inspections for our community college, go over when they need that, that kind of stuff as well. Um, just let them know that you're there to help and that you're wanting to bring these technicians up into, you know, into this career. You're not just trying to keep them all, but I'm glad if they come through and become an A tech and move on to somebody else, I've done my job. Now I would like to keep them obviously, but you know, I want to see that. I want to see these, these kids come out with a passion like we have for cars and for this industry. And I want to see this change. You know, I want to see everybody in our industry adapt and, and say, okay, we cannot continue the way we've been going. We have to, we have to be teaching these young kids and, and working with these young kids and, and uh, helping them buy their tools. You know, that's, that's a big part of it. So Thank you, Keith. A um, couple of things uh, that came to mind. Uh, I'm going to work. I, I'm on the uh, local advisory uh, council uh, panel for uh, a local community college, and I recently reached out to our department chair and said, uh, I, I got come and talk to you. What he doesn't know is that I'm going to go s- ask him if he'd have a sit down with a bunch of independents. And so since I know so many independents here in my town and they all raise their hand and says, yes, we'll be more than happy to come. We want to just go out there and say, we'd like you to meet these people. What do you need? What can we help you with? Maybe the independents will buy a scan tool or, or do to help, you know, 200 bucks a piece, you know, and, and 10 guys got some money to help the school out, to get noticed, to become part and intimate with it. Uh, great points. Uh, Keith Perkins is usually with us every week. He's got a lot of great things to say. I want to read what he, he wrote here in the in the Zoom chat. It's rather difficult to tell this industry to the uh, to sell this industry, I'm sorry, to the young guys under the premise that they need a thirty to sixty thousand dollar education, maybe twenty thousand in tools to start in a career that usually starts them at around thirty thousand a year. Something has to change across the nation, and it starts here. That's what we're here for. Thank you, Keith, and thank you, everybody here. Uh, Seth, I'm going to give you the last word. All right. Well, I was going to address Keith, and um, you know, and some of the other panels. Um, I. As Carmen mentioned, my one about the scholarship, listen to that, listen to that article or listen to that podcast. There's ways, get 10 other shops involved, do a donation. They certainly pay attention. Guaranteed they will pay attention. You will get students and you can do it with 10, 15 other shops. It's really easy. Um, And yes, the young guys with tools, toolboxes are the biggest cost. My entry, the barrier is no different than a guy buying a two, $3,000 laptop to get him into the field. Um, Tuition reimbursement. Keith mentioned something we're big on. You work for me over 10 years, I'll pay up to $25,000 of student loans back. Um, There's certainly ways to get people in the industry. Um, Saying there's no way to get them in the industry is just not thinking forward of what we can do to get people in. So, I mean, that's kind of my last words to address the panel is, you know, there's there's always a way. This never happens. After the last word, I say goodbye to you. But, so... I'm listening to Seth Thorson say what he just said, and I'm a naysayer. And I'm saying, 
How the hell can I afford $25,000 back if he works in 10 years buying all these tools? How could I afford to do this? How can you afford not to? Yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. Well, no, I get that part. You got it. Very easy to say. He says, oh, all right, Keith, it's easy for you to say. What did you do? Uh, maybe you ran your businesses differently. Maybe you, you know, maybe you improved your efficiencies. Maybe you changed your margins. I mean, it's if, if, if top shops can do it, the encouragement that everyone else is that it can be done. You're doing, you, you guys are doing it. And I, I think if I can, Karma, I've been where some of these other shops are saying this can't be done. I've been there. I mean, without a 20 group and the help that I've gotten from there, I was there at a time. So I understand they're, they're uh, saying they can't do it. I mean, I get that, but it's, you just have to change your ways, right? That's just what it what it takes you so. can't you can't say i don't know how you have to go out and 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 get the support and the help and the guidance that you need it, again one more final comment it, out of the hundreds and hundreds of service professionals that i've interviewed one of the most common threads of all of them was the support of a 20 group a strong network and a business coach and I, and I just can't say enough about that and that's where the success the extreme success has come from some of the greatest shop owners in North America is they went out, they found their help, and then they bought the condo in the islands. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do it by saying, how do I do it? They got help. Hey, thank you all. Have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate it. Um, sure do want to thank Keith Williams from Williamson's Repair and Tire in Bondurant, Iowa. Andy Bizzip from Midwest Performance Chicago and Seth Thorson from Eurotech in New Brighton, Minnesota. Thanks for your support, gentlemen. Thanks for your great words. Thank you, Garm. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.